Welcome. Welcome to Real Estate Radio, where we discuss everything real estate related. Investors, first-time home buyers, experienced sellers tune in every week for industry-leading information and discussion on the largest source of wealth in the world. Real estate. Now, here are your hosts, Steve and Jonathan. Hey, welcome to Real Estate Radio. I'm here with Jonathan Sanborn. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Steve. What's going on? Just enjoying a, a nice Friday. And today we're lucky enough to have Jonathan Katz with us. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing, man? Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for having me. Good. Thanks for coming. Yeah, so Jonathan Katz, uh, for those who don't know, is an uh, agent with uh, DRG Philly. Uh, him and I have known each other for a long time, like 15 years or something. Yeah, we went to elementary school together. And uh, Jonathan has always been entrepreneurial. He does um, real estate, obviously, but he does personal training. And he is uh, launching into a consulting position now. He's doing all sorts of things. And we wanted to pick your brain about sort of being a newer agent and um, making that shift from being in corporate America to towards uh, you know entrepreneurial type things. So I'm hoping we can talk about that a little bit. Cool. Um, so what originally attracted you to real estate? Because we'd known each other for a while. I was in the business for a while before we sort of re reconnected. And uh, I, I just felt like all of a sudden you had this, this so drive I, to it. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I, um, so I, I kind of, after college, uh, we moved into the city, a couple of roommates, and we rented a place. Um, and we jumped around to a couple different places for about six years just renting. And we just kind of got into the frame of mind that it was like, we didn't understand why we were renting. We thought it made sense to buy. So uh, my roommate, or my two roommates at, and I at the time started looking for houses. And um, just me and this other guy decided to launch into and officially buy a house. And uh, to, to, to be totally honest with everyone, we went through the home buying process with an agent and we're not very impressed yeah. And um, I think it's such a uh, prestigious field. I think you're, you're really dealing with people's lives here. And it's not something to be taken lightly or um, kind of taken quickly. And I just felt that, like, if there's certain agents out there um, that kind of treated the process in one way, there should be agents out there that treat it in a much more um, professional Serious manner. Serious way, yeah. And I thought that uh, I could be that agent. I'm, I'm very thankful that you know we stayed in touch, and I, I knew you were an agent. Um, and actually, you were going to broker school. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was transitioning, and I've had that same uh, thought. The barrier to entry in real estate is pretty low. I mean, yeah. we all we've all passed the classes, and it's like this is not a major way to stop anybody from doing it. I mean, it's at right. least there's something there, but almost anybody can be an agent. The difference between a good one and a bad one is can be pretty extreme. Right, right. It's like when you hear horror stories about. Uh, Sure. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things. So, yeah, I just uh, I, I really kind of saw what went on, and I thought that it looked exciting. It was something I could do, um, and I was full time at the time, uh, so it kind of mixed out the options of working for a large brokerage, which yeah. is why it was honestly so pivotal. Having you going through school, I thought it would be such a, a great connection. Yeah, man. I it's been great. It's been good. Yeah. Um, and you have, you have that drive, I think, that not a lot of people have. I mean, entrepreneurs pretty much need it. But um, I, I was on with a sales call earlier, and this woman trains people to be salespeople. And the big problem they have is they all say, like, 
what time do I show up to work? I mean, what do I do? What do I, and, and that's, for some people, you need that. You need someone to tell you, like, you have a boss, you have to do this, get this on my desk by 3 p.m. Right. That's not really the world of entrepreneurship. That's not really the real estate model that we really employ here. So if you're some, and I've gone through tons of people, if you're somebody who needs direction every step of the way, a small brokerage might be good if they're like really on, if they're like aggressively planning your schedule. But I think, um, I think the culture we have here is much more laissez-faire, figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, you do your own stuff and you've been great at that. I mean, you, you also have, if you can talk a little bit about like the other businesses you're in, you're in, you do training as well a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So do personal training, um, which has kind of been nice because I've actually picked up a real estate client or two from personal training. Um, so it's interesting where you can, uh, where you can kind of cross industries <laughs> like that. Um, it's like the best yeah. of both worlds, double dipping. Right, right, exactly. And, um, you know, it's nice. You build up, you build up trust in, in one industry or the other, and then once you have that trust, the person is much more likely to kind of follow you. Both of those businesses are kind of based on referrals too, correct? Right. Yeah, so big, yeah, my friend wants to get into training. My, my sister wants to buy a house. Right. Um, so there's definitely a word of mouth. To tell you the truth, I don't do a ton of self-promotion or marketing. Um, I, try to do, I try to do some cold calls. I try to uh, put myself out there. Yeah. Um, but really, really, to me, sales comes down to the more people you can form a relationship with. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think we all could use more um, formalized sales activities, but um, that's not to scoff at getting business personally. I mean, right. that's a huge way to get business. I mean, that's how we get connected originally. Right. So right. it's just going out there. And, and uh, I talked about this the other day. It's like, if you love what you do, you're going to end up talking about it and it's going to just yeah. come up. It's, right, sure. You're not working, right? So like if we're all at a bar, we're not going to – if we're, we're to talk about real estate and we're not going to like formally feel like we're trying to impress each other or like you know, be professional. We're right. just going to be like having a beer and talking about real estate. Right. Yeah. And people hear that and they're always like, well, what are you, yeah. what are you talking about? I'm like that's interesting. I think you mentioned it one um, – a few podcasts ago. Maybe it was off a podcast. I don't remember, Steve. But – he said, like, oh, you know, you're at a bar, you ask your buddy, oh, what do you do for work? And he says, I'm, um, you know, whatever. Yeah, you don't an even, insurance you don't, adjuster. Yeah, and you're like, okay, cool. Like, I don't right, even know right. what that, like, whatever. Sucks, yeah. Right. But you say, like, oh, like, I'm in real estate. It's like, that's very applicable to anyone and everyone. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great conversation starter. Yeah, everyone's interested in it, which is nice. Yeah, everybody, everybody has a story to tell about real estate. Yeah, yeah I mean, everyone every, needs a place to live, so. Right, right. Uh, one thing I want to touch on that we talked about off hair a minute ago is the reaction to um, kind of checking out of the corporate world. Now, I don't expect you to be too specific, but um, it's, it's interesting, right? Like, people don't believe you almost. Right. It was, uh, it was a weird feeling. Um, and the last, like, week or two, I've been uh, kind of burning through my last night, my paid time off days, and I almost kind of feel, like, a little lazy. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Not, not waking up and going in. But, um, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting, I, talked to my boss and, and give him a heads up um, a couple weeks ago because I wanted to be fair to the team and not leave anything abrupt. It was kind of met with this, um, well, are you not happy or can we pay you more or, or what can we do? And it was kind of hard to get my point across that I just wanted to venture into this new world. and Get on out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and just, and just kind of fully live this life. And, you know, even the HR person I talked to kind of brought that up and she said, well, is it something with your team? Is it something with the project? Like, what's going on? And I was like, nothing's going on. Like, everything's great. Like, it's a great company. I love my boss, but I just want to try something new. And 
it's interesting because people kind of think when you step away from a job, you know, like, like you were kind of alluding to, uh, that person's lazy or they want to play video games all day or, or whatnot. But you know, the truth is, I think once you make that decision to step away, if anything, you become harder work. Sure. You lose mm -hmm. that safety net. And now you're like, hey, I right. gotta wake up every morning running. I always, I love that. Yeah. I always tell people, yep. I have salary friends who talk about how awesome it is to use the bathroom on the company's dime and to like hide in the bathroom and like, <laughs> and that's funny. I, yeah, yeah, sure, get it where you can. It's free yeah, money. Yeah. That doesn't exist in sales, yeah, right? Right? No, <laughs> like, no, oh man, like I yeah. skipped my calls today. Like, haha, nobody knows. Like, right. okay, no, you got no it's, leads. It's, it's, it's good uh, for you, man. It's more like I really have to pee, but I really need to like take all these calls. And right, these right. I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna pee. I'm, I'm gonna mute this conversation while I quickly finish my business. Yeah, yeah. No, Absolutely. it's it's like the exact opposite. My my uncle, who's hugely successful in sales, he owns a sales company. Um, he puts it best. He says sales is the easiest, lowest paying job or the, the hardest, highest paying job, mm -hmm. which I love. It's so yeah, true. Yeah. It's so true. It's so scalable, exactly. If you put that hustle and that time in, you feel a lot of potential. And, in, and this applies, by the way, this is very general. I, I don't think this is restricted to real estate. I think if you're, Any sales job, if you're yeah. consulting, if you're training, if you're doing anything, if you're your own guy, like if you're, if you're basically an entrepreneur running your own ship, it's, it's all on you. Like if you, if you hustle, you'll get those returns. The one thing that always scared me from corporate America, and you guys have both been more familiarized with corporate mm -hmm. America than I have. I've, yeah. I've like just been terrified of it. But the one thing that always annoyed me about it or like the prospect of it is like, say you hustle, you work your, your ass off and they, your boss is like kind of stuck. He doesn't have a replacement. He's right. like, there's a traffic jam. You're, what's going to happen? You're not going to get promoted. Sure. If there's no room, if there's no path for you to move upward, you're stuck and your extra effort is totally just a waste. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so great you say that because I truly believe that the corporate structure stagnates itself because of how it's built. So okay. you, have, you, have, you have extremely smart people. Nothing against the people that work in the corporate settings, but sure. the way it's set up is there's no, I don't want to use the word incentive, but if you work harder than everyone else, you're only marginally getting ahead. You right. might get a 1% more of your raise you might be next in line for promotion, but if you work marginally harder than the other sales guy, you're going to do yeah. much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so the difference, it, you know, it's tenfold. And um, I, I see people that kind of have this incredible work ethic, and sometimes it's, it's upsetting when they are behind a boss that maybe doesn't do a great job, like you, know, you were saying, or maybe there's not a room for improvement. And they get demoralized, and the work mm -hmm. slows down, and, and the productivity slows down. And then it's like that person's morale is down. So it, it, it's, it's a bad effect. Um, it doesn't let people flourish. Right. Right. And That's a great point. Environment, it's just this. It's total opposite. It's an incredible field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah, I've, I've loved it. And I, I love hearing your perspective because the thing I find most interesting about you, Jonathan, is you, um, you're very systems oriented. You're very structured and systematic. So we've, no, it's, it's great. And I, I've learned so much working with you. So we've done two apps now that we're developing. One of them, who knows what's going to happen, but one of them we're full steam ahead um, developing. And Jonathan's technical background has been invaluable. He knows what to look for. He knows what the right questions to ask. And the one thing that's impressed me so much is his just management structure of saying, what's next? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. Let's go. Let's looking, go. Yeah, I was looking forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's something that I need to improve on and I need to learn from a little more. I, I have that same expectation of I want things to move. 
but he's very good at systematizing and saying, okay, what are our deadlines? What, what are our objectives? What are the deliverables? And it's been awesome. And it really, I truly believe on this last project has been the difference maker. I mean, these guys are hustling, they're delivering. Right. I feel like there's an open yeah, dialogue that's, that's and that's because you've been like knocking on their door. What's, what's going on guys? Cause like, and I'm like stealing this cause I'm building a house. I'm building two houses right now yeah. and I'm learning this from you. If you let things go, if you trust other people to get you things, it's not going to happen. It's not. It's. I wish it was how the world works. And I don't care if you're working with Bill Gates, the most successful people of all time. If you're not asking him, like with your hand open, have you done this? What have you done? He's going to respond to you. Now he might get it done. He might be competent, and and that's great. But it's going to be on his timetable unless you set the expectations. And you've done just. I mean, like. These guys, you should see these emails, Jonathan. It's like, he'll say like, all right, good. What's next? Like, what, what, what's yeah, our plan yeah. for Friday? What, let's get on a call. Let's, and the, it's perfect. It's good, man. And I think that's, is that from, have you always been, I mean, we were, we were friends when we were in elementary school and obviously that doesn't have a chance to shine, but. Yeah, I, was, I would say it was a, a little more passive probably until I started the career. Okay. Um, I did a, uh, I did project management for a couple of years and I was placed on a project um, you know, that had a, a high visibility, and uh, I had a very demanding client. And okay. He kind of mm-hmm. really, really gave me a hard time, but it, it sharpened my, uh, it, my skills a lot. It so made I, you realize, I, like, yeah, this is what gets it done. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of transformed me from Anakin to Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I actually uh, sent him a, a nice note thanking him maybe a year or two back. Um, but yeah, I would say a lot of it came from this one. Uh, okay. So, because I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you studied logistics or supply chain management or something yeah, in Penn State? Business, yeah. Nice. So, I, I didn't really do anything with that. Yeah. Um, but does that, have, does that have a structured management side to it? I kind of assumed yeah, that it did, but not really. Maybe. I mean, that had a lot of, uh, we did a lot of, like, distribution channels okay. and shipping logistics. So, mm. like, it did a lot of problem solving, I guess. So okay. This route, you know, if this route goes down because there's a 60% chance of what other routes are there, right. how you leverage your risk, and, and how you choose the best so Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that's how granular it was. Okay. Yeah, so it was kind of cool. It's like, um, well, do you want to ship it through Montana where there could be a snowstorm, or do you want to take the, the safe route and go an extra 300 miles? Right. Sure. Which is right. the better? Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, oh, interesting. Depending on the season, there's a well, it's, it's like, engi- kind of like, it's kind of like engineering problems in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so I guess that kind of taught me project um, problem solving skills, but. Uh, but nothing replaces the the year on the workforce and having yeah, yeah that's that's worth more than four years of college all day yeah for sure um, yeah yeah so that's been great um, I, I just your your general like structure the systems are are really good um, and I, I think we've had pretty good success I think with the real estate transaction one thing I've noticed and obviously like the first couple deals I was very involved in and then as you've progressed, I'm, I, I'm less and less needed in terms of like looking at all your work and everything like that. But um, recently the last couple deals, I think you've done very good just having deadlines and checking in on mortgage people and, mm-hmm. and just like right, right. It's, a, it's a process and it's a slow cycle, right? It's, yeah, it's like from, it from, from, from like, like at best today, if, you, if you're under contract to closing, you're 30 days, right? At best. At least, at best. yeah, at least, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's like all these variables because, that I yeah. think you've done great at like seeing what could go wrong and just sort of staying on top of you. That's huge. I like to um, I like to kind of bridge the gap in, between different industries, and I've given my buyers a project plan. 
So That's when, right. when, when, uh, with Kristen um, and with another, they received a project plan where they had the task, the owner, the due date. So it's very kind of um, <laughs> structured way. Yeah. I thought it was helpful. Yeah, yeah. Did too, but they knew exactly what was coming next. They didn't have to call me and say, hey, where are we at? Yeah, it's really smart. You should share that with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, well, send me an email. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, yeah, I've seen it. It's great. It was kind of like a win-win because it's like they're more comfortable. They know right, because they know what to expect. Yeah. And they don't have to call me wondering, hey, Jonathan doing his job. Right. Right. And, th and there yeah, are yeah. gaps. I mean, this is a, a fascinating problem in the industry. I mean, like when you first are looking at houses, you might see your clients five days a week. I mean, you, if you're re if they're really motivated and you're showing them a lot of places, right. you're having a lot of touch points. That's a really like good point, actually. Yeah, I didn't even think about that because I had the same thing. I had a buyer who I saw multiple times a week, just like you said. I didn't see him for maybe a month at one point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was almost my mistake. I should have said, like, hey, let's go out for lunch and at least just, like, catch up and talk. Yeah, there's a few ways of handling it. I'd say yeah, that's yeah. one way. The other that's way is what Jonathan was saying, like, having – Having a plan in place to say like, hey, between weeks two and four, there's not, nothing. Yeah, yeah. There's an appraisal, but I don't do anything and you don't do anything. Right. Just hang tight. Right. Talk to your mortgage guy. Do what, do what they want. But like in terms of our relationship, like I'll see you at settlement kind of thing, which happens. And But, but to your point too, probably both. I mean, if mm -hmm. we're really trying to be the best we can be, having right, that least, plan yeah, and also buying them a beer or buying them lunch yeah, yeah, yeah. is probably smart. But the worst thing you could do is just not tell them and then go dark for weeks right, and they'll right, be like, right. what, this agent's crazy. Like, I don't right. know anything. When in reality, like, you don't really have a job. Like, for, for a big chunk of the sales cycle, like, after, I'd say after home inspection, after reply to inspection, there's a period. Where it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of on. It's dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's yeah, nothing. Yeah. You have to make sure the mortgage commitment date is being hit mm -hmm. and you have to make sure the mortgage process is moving forward. Yep. But there's not, that's not a daily task. I right. mean, you, you might go two weeks after that you thing write, with yeah, you write it, yeah, you contact the mortgage broker, write a few emails, and that's pretty much it. And the agents are calm doing that, but a first-time home buyer? They're freaking yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. Mom, What's going on? Like, yeah. Sure. yeah. And, and I think point. another important thing is knowing your, your audience. So I, I, love the, I love that you have this stuff systematized and like written down. If you have an aloof kind of like eh, not detail-oriented type person yeah, they can just it. ignore it yeah i mean yeah. like they're not gonna be mad at you for giving them that they might be like oh man do i have to read this thing you're right. like no <laughs> you're fine leave it alone just, just relax because they're not gonna be the ones calling you in two exactly. weeks like i haven't heard from you in 24 hours then you have the people who we've all worked with right. now i know that for a fact that are gonna say i didn't get an update what's right, going on right, right, right. and you say turn to page three yeah <laughs> two weeks of, of nothing just relax yeah exactly yeah, definitely send that to me in an email oh, well, you yeah guys, you guys uh So it's I unbelievable, had, I had isn't it? People were talking about it and how successful selling her house was, and also buying her house. And he picked up on that and asked, asked to list his house. Beautiful. It's amazing. So it's it's um, it's one of those it's, things. It's very important. It's just. Yeah, it's one of those things too. It's like the more people you can just get out in front of, like right, you said, and like right. have that small relationship with. Just keep but, talking about it. Yeah. It's so much more of a numbers game. I think a rookie mistake is. Um, new people in sales, and especially real estate, they see the top brokers super well-dressed, super charismatic. They're in all the clubs. They're on newspapers. Oh, well, I can't do that. I can't have that. All that guy has been doing, or girl, for the last 20 years is exactly what you just said. Yeah, talking, talking to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Every single relationship, just, just nurturing. Mm -hmm. That person did not start out being a top 500 multi-multi-millionaire. All they did 
is that, and this is a crucial difference, and all three of us have this, if I can brag. At five o'clock, there are people who say, I'm done working, right. don't bother me, I don't yeah. wanna think about anything, right. I'm gonna watch TV and get drunk, and that's yeah. all I'm gonna do. <laughs> there are, that's a big chunk of the population. And God bless them. They, anybody can do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. But that guy that's the CEO and the, and like the guys running companies and the multi-millionaires, guys and gals, that's not them. That is not them. They're not saying, oh, 5 o'clock, it's quitting yeah. time. Yeah. And the nicest thing about it that I love is it's not like working in like a construction job where from 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. you are sweating and working yeah. your butt off. Right. You can have periods in the afternoon. You want to take a two-hour lunch in sales? No big deal. Yeah. If you're working, if you're willing to put in the hours elsewhere, no problem. Yeah. No problem. I mean, I I love going to the gym in the middle of the day because in, in it's empty, there, yeah. no one's there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's my well, you favorite know thing. What else is funny about real estate? I find is that a lot in the morning you wake up and you knock out a lot of your calls, your emails right away. And then you kind of have this like little lag period where right. you're waiting for everyone to get back to you. Sure. As long as there's not like anything crazy going on. Yeah. So that's the time you can kind of like relax a little bit. All right, yeah, yeah like go thing, back, not relax, but yeah, maybe you just go to the gym or do something, work on something else, yeah, maybe some of your marketing or whatever, and then you can get back to you know, your transactions that you're working on currently. Yeah, yeah, the other thing is like open houses, showing people houses on weekends, you have to work when everybody else is not working. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty reasonable to you know, have this flexible schedule, but you can't be successful in sales and say, I'm not working evenings or weekends. I mean, it's right. just not, that's not really an option, yeah. at least in real estate, there might be other um, sales things yeah, more that you nine can to do. Five sales, yeah, yeah like, like if you're consulting for major companies, they probably expect you to come in normal hours. But where consumers are your main audience, I think you have to, if you have clients, you have to work when they're not working. So sure. you kind of have to have that flexible schedule. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and a lot of people we work with are, are nine to five workers. Exactly. Right. We have to work five to nine. Right. Our schedule. Yeah. Right. Exactly. My, um, I'm, showing a pl I'm showing a place to this girl, and I was like, oh, what's your availability? She was like, well, Friday after 6.30, Saturday after 6, or all day Sunday. And I was like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what are my choices? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, cool. I was yeah. like, all right, well, we'll work with you. All right, yeah, let's see this. <laughs> yeah, so make it work. Well, kind of like we talked about too, like, well, we actually enjoy it. So, of course, I'm going to show you right. places because that's that's like nothing to me. I'd probably go look at the places anyway. Yeah. I want to go yeah. look at nice houses all day. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, that's what I, I, I really do. I really do love it about this business is that you just, you call the shots. Like, you run it. Yeah. Um, nobody else is, is running it. Um, all right, so we've done, we, we're now on the path, the three of us and, and some others, to buying a place at, Temple. So, so you're talk to us about your experience as a homeowner, like landlord slash landlord. I mean, you. So your first place you bought was partially for. I mean, your home, but also it was a little bit of investment. Right. Talk so about it, that a little bit. It was um, so me and my one long-term roommate uh, bought the place together, so joint owners, and we rented out one of the rooms. So him and I both had a pretty cheap reduced rent or mortgage. reduced mortgage. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then. The goal was uh, for us both to move out and then rent it full time. Um, he's still there. He's working on getting married soon. So he's not moving, but he has assumed the mortgage. So it's kind of it's kind of good because on one hand, I could be making uh, a little bit of extra money sure. by renting it out a little higher at premium. Um, but you know, he's paying the mortgage and keeping up with the property. 
So you don't have to think about it. So I think it's right. Okay, so, so since so since then you've moved out. Right, and down. what about that other roommate? Is he still there or he, the right, actual roommate? The guy no, renting. No, 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 it's just, it's just him. Okay, but he's paying the whole mortgage. Right. He's paying but you're still part owner. I'm still part owner. Oh, okay. 50, so you're still 50, getting paid 50, now, right? Yeah. So we're still 50 50 owner. Okay. So you're paying the whole mortgage. Is oh, he? Okay. So you're still getting a good deal. Yeah. Whereas Visa well, is free. Right. 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 Yeah. My my suggestion to him of well I can rent out my room did not go over so Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I would have suggested. I was like, well, then if you you know Where'd that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. And you bought that in uh, Rittenhouse Square, right? Uh, no, like okay. uh, Point Police. <laughs> yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we bought it in like 20th and um, a couple cash drawer. So, no, no, no. 20th uh, and Washington. Washington. Yeah, 19th and Warren. Yeah, Warren. Yeah, Warren, okay. And it's a nice place. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice place. Um, it was a complete rehab. Um, unfortunately, a lesson to be learned is we didn't get the Oh, so you have to make sure that, uh, again, going back to having a capable agent, um, that you have an agent <laughs> that helps you get the, uh, get the things in on yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, that's huge. Um, so we missed out on that, but that's you know, not a big deal. Uh, but then my new house I live with, uh, my, my wife now, we bought that together. So we own that together. Um, you kind of did the same thing. You bought in, the, in an area that was like kind of on like the um, path cusp. of progress on the cusp. Right, yeah. Right. We, we took I a think. little bit of a chance with this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you hit it out of the park. I, yeah, just yeah, to, I have to tell our listeners, yeah, home run. <laughs> it's yeah. not like a gambler that's been losing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's a gambler really that's been winning. Was, um, the struggle was, just, just uh, a little more detail for your listeners, um, after our home inspection, it turned up termites. Mm. So we had, we had the chance to walk away. Didn't you have, that's a pretty new house, and you had, had, term, had termites in there? Years, but the, huh. the house next to it was run down. Gotcha. So they were okay. spreading. Yeah, okay. And you had some, what was the drywall that you ended up fixing? Was that related to that? Right, they, they yeah. That yeah. Um, so I went over Above and beyond. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right. We like the house, and, and it has a garage. We're spending money on garages. And oh, you never. Right. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, we stuck it out, and it's, I've been there it's for worked a year out. Now. Worked out pretty yeah, nicely. Worked out well. And yeah, now now we're getting into the writing business. So, yeah. Um, Temple. Oh, again, I'm thrilled. And yeah. I love that we're, we're partners on that. It yeah. I'm so super. I'm super mm-hmm. excited too. Um, so I think it's great. We just bought a place in, in Temple, and it comes. Yeah, yeah, set up. We I yeah. think we ran through some of the numbers there uh, last week or maybe two weeks ago, but um, it's it's a no brainer. It's such a nice thing, yeah. and I just this one's really a use case because I own I own a place I own a place myself, and that's been fine. Everything's good. That place burned down. I guess I don't know if that counts, <laughs> but <laughs> and then one, I one of the two you're building. One of the two, yeah, that's one of the two I'm building, and then I bought a place with Josh, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And went fine. We have two years later, we're, three years later, we're, we're cruising. I mean, we have we're turning over a tenant right now, and that's getting a little messy. But honestly, like the issues we've had have had nothing to do with us as as people, mm-hmm. partners. So that it's easy to have a, a one partner, no problem, yeah. as long as you get in with the right people. I mean, right, like right, right. like we talked about before, I got I got burned by going into something with a bad person. So, but anyway, that was fine. And then I did four, the last one I did was with four people. So mm-hmm. with Frank, uh, who's a lawyer, and my brother. And Josh and I, and it was fine. No problem. No problem. I mean, I, I, I'm doing a little more than I think I would otherwise, but I want this model to work. So I, I did like it. I did some property management stuff just as a loss leader, and it, it was a great decision because for this one, we have eight people. So my thought is seven or eight. Next one, eight. We got up to eight. Yeah, Scott oh, nice. with Scott. 
Oh, Scott's eight. Okay, cool. Actually, we should have Scott on here too. But anyway, maybe the next one will be 16. But yeah. the reason I'm so happy is when I, can't, when I went to talk to everybody about it, who's my partner on previous projects, and I said, do you want to do this again? It was, yeah, who do I have to check to? Which, yeah, yeah. That, to me, that's such a good sign. And if we have that same good faith for this next place, it, I want to go for 16. For it, just, it honestly speaks a lot to you. And I you appreciate that. I appreciate that. Go for the right people, and, and you're just doing a good job. I, you, I appreciate that. Your communication skills are good, too. I mean, you're like, you're, you're, you're getting people involved. You let us know where it is in the process. Yeah. Um, and I like what you told me where you said that if the investors never know there's a problem, they'll continue to Yeah, that's it. So I'll tell you. It's, 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 yeah, thank, thank you. It's, it's, one of those things where you, it's one of those things where you definitely want to be transparent and say, like, hey, like this is going to happen or this didn't happen. But if they're not dealing with it, too, or you just take it upon yourself to solve it right away. Yeah. Here, yeah. Here's where I'll, I'll just tell a quick story. I, I love that you said that. It's so true. Um, a few years ago, I was lucky. my start in real estate was my dad had a, a small interest in real estate. And he bought some places, and I managed those properties for him. Okay. I saw how much money he was making, and I said, okay, I'm not going to keep managing your properties. I'm going to actually like do what you're doing. And he's mm. like, oh, great. So <laughs> I, I got rid of him. But no, he. so when I was in college, he bought a place up uh, in Graduate Hospital, and he got a great deal on it. I helped him lightly. I wasn't really licensed at the time, but I said, I think this area is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Turned out it was a home run. I mean, it was, it no, was like, yeah, yeah. he made it, I mean, it was a great thing. But his rule was, I need to, get, my mortgage is, I'm just making numbers up now because it was so long, it was like 1500 a month. He said, I need to be making $1,000 a month profit, so I need $2,500. I don't care about anything else. Well, I was living with roommates at the time, and we were paying obscene rates to live at Temple, Bad housing. I mean, the, the housing yeah. at Temple is really not good. I mean, some of it is. The honors program is good, but like the one we bought, like yeah. the one we bought. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying the ones well, that are owned by. Lords. I'm yeah. saying, yeah. I'm saying the ones owned by Temple. Oh yeah, like yeah. Temple yeah. itself. Yeah. I love the school, but they do a really bad job with the dorms. Some they of the dorms are do. really bad. Yeah, yeah. The honors dorm is really nice, but when I applied to the honors school, they just laughed and used my yeah, application who, as fire, yeah, fire, who's as a fire starter. Yeah. But anyway. So I was, we were paying, I think we were paying about $800 each to live in this like crummy, crummy place. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I thought, this is nuts. If I can get these guys to pay seven, 600 each to yeah, live nice in, a, in a way better neighborhood, way nicer house. Yeah. Now it was a commute, it was across town, but they all listened to me and, and we all went to the house and I ended up living for free. So it ended up working out. So he, my dad was happy. I was happy, yeah. but here's the, here's the caveat, and here's what I told my siblings, and I'm not going to say which sibling, because I, I hope they listen, and I love them all equally, but it worked well, and he, they lived there for four years. Anytime there was a leak, anytime there was a complaint, anytime there was anything, I handled it. His phone never rang. Your dad's and phone My dad, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because my thought was, if the golden goose, if the egg is giving him, like, hemorrhoids on the yeah, way out yeah, he's yeah. gonna stop laying eggs yeah, yeah. i'm gonna sure. i'm gonna keep yeah. him happy yeah. and i'm not gonna uh, this gravy train is gonna continue forever yeah. mm -hmm. and it was a win-win and he loved it and i loved it eventually he sold the place he did very well and i moved on to other things but he tried to replicate the model with one of my siblings and it it went miserable like it was terrible <laughs> total opposite it, it, total opposite because yeah. they they called, first they called me, and I said, I, I, no, 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 I'm not doing this, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. But then they started calling him, and they said, oh, well, there's a problem, we're fighting, this, and he, he said, sell, he called me, he said, I need you to sell this place for me, like tomorrow. And I thought, what, and I talked to my sibling, um, 
and I said, you're an idiot. You, why did you do this? Yeah, it's a great opportunity. A lot of people don't have that opportunity. And that's, and that's the lesson I've thought of for, for investors. If, I, if, if we're all investing and people are happy, even if that means like, like I think people get too focused on like what percentage work is he doing, what percentage work, forget that. Yeah. Unless it's crazy and you feel like you're getting ripped off, yeah, yeah. forget that. I think that's crucial in partnerships. I think in partnerships when one person says, well, I did 55% of the work and he did 45% of the work, that's not the way to run a successful partnership. I, I love to right. think that way. It speaks volumes. I appreciate that. That's what grows these things and keeps it moving. Yeah, I, I don't care. Look, we're making – I did the math the other day. I was talking to about this, and we just talked about how everybody outside of the system – everybody inside the system who's like a cog on the wheel and like chasing the, the cheddar, like the, the, yeah. the maze or whatever, mm-hmm. the rat race. That's the word I was looking for. They look at us and they're like, what do you do? You can't do this. What do you right, mean you're right, buying yeah, – yeah, yeah. And they like – they poo-poo it. They say, well, this could go wrong. This could this, – Okay, well then don't do it if you're that scared about it. But like, you look at, then they don't, and you look at all the richest people in the world, and for yeah. some reason they all have real estate. Yeah. <laughs> but we're crazy. I, I think it's funny. There's you know there's a, there's tons of these self help books out, and podcasts and, and interviews, and there's like a few trends. Every successful person always says you have to take risks. Oh yeah. And it, and it boggles my mind how some people still say, "Why am I not successful?" But they've been in the same job in the same area yeah. and they've never taken a shot it's like it's not a secret formula like you no. just gotta you gotta, you gotta get out there you're you absolutely right it. and it's, it's like, and it's been and you're absolutely right it's not secret it's been this way for as long as capitalism has been around right so like like there were there were lords in 500 yeah. uh, AD that were like buying ventures and like shipping yes, containers yes. across the United States yeah. or across the ocean yeah <laughs> that was not all like government lever. That was that was smart people saying, "I'm going to go for this." And and like, I don't know if this is like improper to say, but the peasants would be like, "Well, I'm not risking my whole year's work for." But yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah. You kind of have to. So anyway, the investor model I think is really good, and it's it's easy with you guys because you see things. I mean, we all see things the same way. Where where and again, seventy five. I think I did the math the other day. I was explaining to somebody. They said, why are you doing all this for $75 a month, right? So to, to refresh people on the numbers on our latest venture. And, and let's do that. Let's update people on how this Edgeley Street property goes yeah, yeah. just to give people a sense of what the process looks like from yeah, start to finish. Idea. So we haven't closed yet. We're closing in uh, on the 15th. No, maybe, maybe a little later. 15th, maybe a little later. Maybe a little later. Parks. We went through inspection. Looked decent. No, mm-hmm. no major problems. Mm-hmm. We, went, we got appraisal today. So hopefully that appraises. That's, mm-hmm. Those are the two like real snags. The mortgage should be good. Mm-hmm. Took a little longer than we wanted. We're paying a little more than I would want for the mortgage, but it's an LLC loan, so we're doing things very above the books. So I think that's the right approach. I think if we're losing a little money, but we're doing it properly, yeah. worth it. And this first one, it's still having a great return. It's still very good, but oh, why are you spending? People, this, somebody said this to me two nights ago. Actually, I was at like a party, and they said you're spending four grand to make seventy-five dollars a month. That seems like a waste of time, and I just think that's a very small way of thinking, because. If I said to somebody, hey, would you give me 50 bucks a month for nothing? They'd be like, that's, that's crazy. That's a lot of money. But like they think of income and they look at their big paychecks. You know, if they're working for somebody else, oh, they're making tons a month, thousands. Yeah. Yeah. $75 is nothing. Yeah, but if you do that 10 times, yeah. that's $750. And that's over the course of your lifetime. If you stopped working tomorrow, you'd still have that. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's another that's great That's the funniest part. Yeah. One day, all those <laughs> And it turns into so that's, that's yeah. That's after, you have ten properties all at three hundred fifty thousand dollars, you're cashing out with three point five million. 
Yeah. 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 And somebody else paid you for that investment. Exactly. So it's like a savings account instead of. But guys, guys, we're we're stupid. We're the stupid ones. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're crazy gamblers. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm going to go play video games. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, I'm going to the movies. I'm doing this. It's like you can still have the life you want. I mean, I I, I would never advocate somebody to sell all their possessions and live like a monk to retire in a year. But you got to do some of this stuff. You got, I mean, or or work till forever. I mean, those are the two options, the way I see it. And I think we're all pretty aligned on that, which is cool. And yeah, I mean, hopefully we can do another property. I mean, I already have members of this eight-man group that we have now sending me other properties, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, that was cool. This morning, <laughs> it is, yeah, I need to come up for oh, air. I'm like, I really, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like, okay, so this other one Frank sent was that Frank this morning? Frank did send it, and I think there's actually an offer on it, you know, already. Is there really? Yeah, yeah. Did that just hit the market? Yeah, it just hit the market. It, it went from active to active, no showings. That's how, you know. That's, how you know. Know. That's yeah. how you know it's a well, good property. It was, it was really cheap, and it's a duplex. It technically could have probably been up to another. Triplex, yeah. Was, the zoning was, was interesting. But it was three. How much was that? 350 325 Something yeah. Somewhere in the threes. but It was in South Philly. I mean, that's good. I mean, if it goes under contract in a day. Right. It tells you, you something. Yeah, yeah. It definitely tells you something. I'm actually going to check out the one in Kensington right after this. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's where I'm, that's where I'm running to. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I, good, good I, yeah. I need, um, I would love for us to get, I also love the diversity of, of um, picking different neighborhoods because if a resurgence happens, who knows where it's going to be? I mean, nobody can predict that. No, I think it's, I think it's a great a idea to diversify your neighborhood. Exactly. I, yeah. I was talking to an investor like maybe three weeks ago. He's like, I own some properties in, in this neighborhood, in Brewerytown. I own some in this, this, this neighborhood. The only problem is with Brewery Town is I think it's already turned a little bit. There's a lot of it's too much hype. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's definitely a little bubble. There's a lot of hype. The other problem with Brewery Town I think is that there's a lot of PHA owned land that they're just holding on to. That they're not going to. They're just not selling anyone. Yeah. 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 Hopefully. Yeah. But the um, like our neighborhood where where you bought Jonathan is like two blocks from where I live and uh, by the time I when I first bought there I got a really cheap property and it's just you can't find that anymore and even even what you paid I thought okay like that's close like I don't know how much I don't know how much is left and turns out like I was dead I was way wrong it it just kept going man well now Yeah. In like, in an okay area, but yeah, 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 but, but it's like, not. Eh, if you're spending, you can go to the suburbs and you can have 300 square feet, uh, pool, 3,000, yeah, yeah, beautiful lawn, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In a good school district, it's, yeah. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. It's like, or you could spend in the fours in our neighborhood or a better neighborhood maybe and get a two bedroom. Right. You know, right. That's not, right, right, right. we're not New York yet. We're, yeah, we're trying I to be. I, I can't, I don't understand the I don't either. I mean, that's so. Well, when 2008 yeah. happened, when the when the bottom fell out, uh, condos fell the hardest. I mean, condos got crushed. Yeah. I mean, these associations folded. They went bankrupt. I mean, there's buildings in Center City. I think 10 Rittenhouse is one of them, and someone's going to correct me on this in the comments somewhere. But I think, and this is a multi-million dollar. The con each condo is a million dollars. I mean, these are beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. 2008. Like the condo association went belly up, and, and somebody had to buy the developer who originally built it and sold it off 
had to come in and swoop and rebuy it for pennies own, on the dollar. Saved his own building. Saved his own building. <laughs> made a fortune on things, so I can't, I can't hate the guy for it. But yeah, co- the condo, the fact that people invest huge money in neighborhoods that are still on their way up right. in condos, I'm kind of with you. That, that's kind of a head yeah, scratcher. Right. I just well, think it's a little, but if you're just, gonna go in Center City, I get that. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing about like all this hype now is I think it's just more hype than, I mean, what do you guys think? Because in 2008, it was a lot of the banks that were just giving anyone a mortgage, right? Yeah. And that was a large contributor sure. to, um, to the crash. So what do you think about now? Like the prices are basically at or even maybe above 2008, uh, but, the, but the banks aren't really like doing that right now. I think it's just more hype. You have, um, you know, people, people have this sense that like 2008 was so horrible and so fresh in our minds, it's not going to happen again. So we're going to be super positive. And in some cases, inflates the, pr- the prices of properties to the point where if you look at really the supply and demand of things, I don't, I don't really think it equals. Yeah. So yeah. I think now the next time, because let's face it, the market's going to crash again and we're not going to go through the next yeah. thousand years. No, no, crash. sure. I think it's going to be because of uh, over-optimism. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, hear, I hear that a lot um, when I'm with real estate professionals. I hear people saying, when's it going to pop? Where's the bubble? What's going on? I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical. I think you're right. There is an over-optimism. The city is going through a renaissance right now, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whether or not that continues it remains to be seen. But I think the general thing is people our age are way more open-minded. I think that we're willing to travel. We don't need to drive everywhere. We're willing to take bikes or walk to work, which is amazing. I mean, very few people can say, I can walk to work. Yeah, 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 and what's happening is, and what we both have benefited from, hopefully all three of us will have, will benefit from, is it's sort of a no-brainer, and this is, I think this is universal. This, this should apply to every city. I was just in Nashville to watch the eclipse, and yeah, yeah. thank you. Awesome video. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Maybe I'll post a link now that you said that, <laughs> but it was, it was really cool, but they have a little city center, and the neighborhoods in the south, like, it's so interesting. It starts really sprawling, and what I've noticed in Philly is Okay, there are traditional, you have like Rittenhouse and you have Washington Square. These are like two pillars in the city and, and they're like the center city neighborhoods that I can name. There's other center city neighborhoods, but you notice real estate around there has huge value. And then as you sort of permeate out, the value is still high, but it starts falling off. Yeah, yeah. But then little pockets, like so what happened was Graduate Hospital used to be bad. Graduate Hospital was very yeah, inexpensive yeah, yeah. and bad. People started saying, wait a second, I can live in Graduate Hospital instead of Rittenhouse, which is only like eight blocks or yeah, six blocks so from Rittenhouse. Yeah, yeah have the pretty much the same commute if I'm working in center city. Maybe it adds 10 minutes at mm-hmm. most. Yeah. And I could pay a quarter. Yeah. So yeah. why not? Yeah. So what happened is that started yeah. happening and enough people said, whoa, whoa, I don't know. And now the prices are way, way up. Yeah. And then what happened, and then our neighborhood where the office is, Fairmount's been very nice and people have said, I don't want to cross over to Fairmount. That's a border, that's a wall, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. But it's not a wall. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a minute to cross yeah. Fairmount. So now, people are like, wait a second, I can pay way less a block away. Yeah. Then it was Gerard, and then the next wall was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you benefited from that <laughs> in Point Breeze, because your place was across Washington. Right. Yeah, which Washington at one time, if you, if you bought that place across the street on the, on the good side, per yeah. se, you would have added, you would have doubled, it would have cost twice as much. So you guys wanted an affordable place, it's really nice. Yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But it's, I think it's leveling off because I think people our parents' age would say, like, I would never live in this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't think millennials and, like, people our age are thinking that way. No. no. I agree. There's a, there's a much more comfort level. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the restaurants and the activities that Philly has brought in have just even, you know. Yeah, when I talk to people who have been like lifelong Philadelphians, they'll be like, oh yeah, like, um, you know, late 90s. Yeah, there's nowhere to eat around here. Yeah. And it's like, really? Because now it's like, you know, you could walk a block and have like five options. Yeah. So it's like crazy how big was that? That's not even 20 years ago. Huge difference. Yeah. That's why I'm choosing Domino's tonight. That's a great choice. There's got to be a theory that um, the more sushi restaurants per capita, the, the better an area. <laughs> is that is that right? Yeah, is that right? Like they're building two. Yeah, they're building two. They're building another yeah. the one. Yeah. <laughs> where where um where what's it called used to be right? Uh, or no no no. Well that's there's a faux place. Oh, Rye bread, yeah, yes. Rye bread. The yeah. old rye bread. Have you been to the new one? No, yeah. It's good. We gotta go. Yeah, next next time we're here during the day. All right, cool. Which I, I understand is a possibility now. Yeah, yeah. Soon. yeah. Um, yeah. So in unless there's any other specific uh, things, we can we can wrap this up. Jonathan, any any parting wisdom? You've managed a lot of people. You've I, you that was your role at your at your company, right? Yeah. You yeah. kind of had people under you. What what do you look for? What do you tell people? Like how do you any any sort of like pieces of wisdom for people that want to do more or um, be more productive? The, the I don't mean two, to put you on the spot. No, uh, the two biggest things I look for, uh, like when I'm doing interviews with people, yeah. um, attitude <coughs> and communication ability. So if, if someone's got a positive attitude and they can articulate and clearly get their point across, the rest can be, the rest can be learned. It can be taught. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, people, I, I've worked with people that had to jump into a coding role or had to jump into maybe a requirement role or something else. And if you, if, again, if you hired someone with a great attitude and they're willing to do that and they can easily communicate and receive communication, they're, they're gonna excel. So nice. I think if there's any skills to work on, it should be attitude and communication. Um, as far as uh, handling and juggling things, um, I think uh, compartmentalizing is, is very important. I think um, you know, if, you, if you know you have tasks to do for real estate, because you know sometimes you have to call different people and follow up and things like that. Sure. Walk them all together in a 15-minute cycle. Don't don't try to make one call and do work and one call you'll you'll just lose progress. So mm. um, to kind of maximize efficiency, you know, group like tasks together. Okay, and sort of focus and get it done. Right. Don't, so you're don't saying try like knock them all you're out. saying I jot, knock all your emails out, then knock right. all your calls knock out, and then exactly. interesting. Right. Makes that makes a lot of sense. So you're in a call mode and you're like just right. dialing, right. dialing just away. And I think what happens is. You'll say like, "All right, I'll make this one call, and then I'll do something else, and I'll, I'll I'll like reward myself or something." So you make a call, it goes well, it goes bad, it doesn't matter, and then your next call that you should make, you don't end up doing. You right. end up doing other yeah, stuff, exactly. and you get shot, and then you and might miss that call yeah. all all together. My uh, my one boss uh, always said, "Multitasking is a myth. Nobody can multitask. You can only switch tasks quickly." Yeah, and I kind of believe it because you know. If anyone ever tried to text and walk, you're, you're honestly not that great at walking. That's, yeah. that's true, so yeah. That's I the people really that get hit by cars. I yeah. can't multitask, so... Um, that's good. That's interesting. I never, I never heard that. It's actually funny because... Um, Katie is sick today, so she didn't go into work. So she hung out with Mick most of the day, but I was like, I have to work. And she'd be talking to me, and I was not listening. Like, right, I, I could not tell you what we talked about today. Yeah. But I was texting, or I was emailing, or I was calling, or like, yeah, doing something. Yeah. That's so funny, because Siobhan worked from home today, and I'm like, oh, these are my least productive days. Yeah. yeah. I, had a, I had a call, and I just hear, like, TV on the background. I'm like, please. Yeah. I, uh, my wife just... I don't understand it, but can't get into Game of Thrones. So she, <laughs> what? She feels that... Get out. That's like her, like... <laughs> 
talking time to me, like, what do you want for dinner this uh, week? And, like, and she's like, are you ignoring me? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm watching the show. Yeah. This is my one show. Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of... <laughs> right, it's, no, not a, it's, it's not a casual, it's not a casual show. So I'm sorry, I can't not, not talking time. No. Still, are you still enjoying it? Uh, Mar- yeah, this is an American... <laughs> Game of Thrones, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, in my, in my nerdy communities, a lot of people are like going nuts, and I'm like, I'm enjoying, it. I'm, I'm having a good time. Yeah, people are upset with the timeline. It's, so. it's, it, yeah. You're criticizing like a pretty, a pretty yeah. fantastic thing. I know, so. I know. There's still dragons on there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. So I'm gonna give your email, Jonathan, if you're good with that. Yeah. Um, Jonathan has crushed it with buyers and sellers. Uh, he's done a great job. He that uh, was only part time too. Now he's he's about to be uh, now he's able to devote a full yeah, energy. Yeah. No, I, I say this truthfully. Uh, even when he was part time, he does better than ninety percent of agents out there part time. I mean, full time, he does better than full time agents because you're so systematic. You get, like I've never seen you miss a single deadline or drop a single ball because you have this stuff together. Mm-hmm. So I think we can all learn uh, from you, and I, I just I look forward to systematizing more with you and making more money and, and crushing it. So I'm uh, proud to work with you. So it's been great. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website at drgphilly.com. Leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. Note that this podcast should not be taken as financial or legal advice. Always consult your local professional before making any financial decisions.